Today we're talking about how to enjoy the holiday season by staying present, by prioritizing the things that matter, and most importantly, by being more self-aware and reflective. Dad and I will both share a little of our current inner work with being self-aware and reflective, and we'll talk about some cool ways to connect with family and friends throughout the holidays without falling prey to the chaos and drama that is sometimes a factor in friend or family gatherings. Hey, it's Ron Thiessen. Welcome to another episode of the Human Being Project by The Change Evolutionist, where my daughter Janelle and I explore the difference between being and doing. In a world of constant distractions, sky-high expectations, and the relentless pursuit of more, we examine what would happen if we made space for more being and less doing. I remember when we lived in the U.S. for about five years, and between Thanksgiving and Christmas is is a, like it's a huge holiday celebration kind of season, and people are doing all kinds of things. Seems like it's constant. There's events, and there's uh, fundraising things, and there's family events, and there's work get-togethers, and it's just so much celebration going on. So it's a very busy time of year for most people. Yeah. And although there's lots of awesome experiences and sharing with people, there can also be a lot of stress around the holidays, even with relationships with the people that you feel that you're supposed to be close to, like, say, family versus chosen family. So we want to talk a little bit about that, how you can stay a little bit more present and mindful throughout the holidays. Uh, there's another challenge that comes with all of the events that get planned within that 30 or, th or 40 day framework. And that is to work with the expectation. You know, it's very easy to be thinking, okay, I'm this party t uh, tonight, and in three days I have another party, and so I'm actually living in the future at, at that other party while I'm at this one. And uh, it, how difficult that is to stay in the moment, I think sometimes it becomes even more difficult if you have things that you're really looking forward to, or things maybe even that you're dreading, uh, and you start focusing your attention on on that, and you live that whole experience before you get there and miss the experience you're having right now. And then there's the aspect of the relationships, the dynamics between the people that might be at these like family get-togethers or or even Christmas parties, those you do for work and those you do for family and extended family. There can be a lot of complex dynamics there. And I think it's important to remember that even though your family members are your family and you feel an obligation, and in some cases you're very close with family, that's cool. But if you're not and you feel like, I got to do this, we got to show up, we got to be present for the meal, there's going to be drama, you're going to have family dynamics for sure. So, Dad, what do you suggest for navigating complex family dynamics, especially if you have narcissists in the family or people who sabotage family events or bring drama? What do you do? Well, my suggestion would be to carefully think through that before you're in that situation and make some decisions about how you're going to respond. I think there are re two really important things to do. First of all, to make an attempt at least to try to understand the perspective of that person who might be intimidating to you or who you feel you might have a problem with or um, you know that there's there's going to be drama or whatever trying to understand their point of view first of all if you can put yourself in their shoes that's going to help you to navigate whatever they throw out lots of people who create drama or sort seem sort of self-centered in settings like that where it's all about me 
uh, many times they're dealing with very low self-esteem themselves, and they're trying to navigate the environment so that everybody's paying attention to them, or uh, even navigating the environment so that they sort of disappear. And now, now in their disappearing, everybody's attention is on them. You know, they're mm-hmm. they're sulking in the corner, or they're people have ways of managing. Um, the attention directed to them that can be very interesting sometimes. So the first thing is take some time to to really think about this person's perspective. It may stir up some compassion in you, or it may stir up some level of understanding that maybe you didn't see or 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 adhere to before. And then when you get in the situation, to determine that you're not going to take things personally from those people who create drama because they're creating drama for their own purposes and they would do it no matter who's there usually and so if you end up being the brunt of that that attack to not take that personally to say this is about them this is not about me because people who have anxiety first of all they have one of two reactions they either want to disappear so that like nobody knows that they're there because in their anxiety, they shrink away from the contact or they want to take control. And the taking control can be very significant. Like you you can have people in situations like that, that people look at them and say, they're a control freak. They need to control <laughs> everything, right? But they're only doing that because their anxiety drives mm-hmm. them to get their hands around the issue, right? Whatever it is. And it goes from big issues to tiny issues. But by getting their hands around it, when they exercise their own angst and get control, it gives them this very temporary sense of relief. It's very temporary. It's like it's like getting a drug fix. You know, you got to get on to the next one because it doesn't hold you very long. But it does give internally, it gives them this sense of relief. The anxiety is rising. They grab control of the situation and they'll... Oh, good. At least now I'm in control. Now I know what's happening. But the thing is that because it is, it's like a fix that you get, it, it demands more and more and more and more control for less and less actually relief of anxiety. So it, it's a merry-go-round. But the thing is that that if somebody is like that, they, they have anxiety and they're, they take control, um, and if they're angry, so if they're in a situation, and this happens sometimes with family, there's grudges, there's long-held uh, you know, things we don't, I don't forget and et cetera, and I'm going to hold this against you. So those people, their anxiety prompts them to take control and they're angry. Then they become like the, like the puppet master. They want everybody on their strings and they will often sow discord in between uh, members in that. If So if it's a family we're talking about, you know, they'll talk to one member of the family and say, do you know what this person is saying about you? Another member of the family. And they'll go to that other member of the family and they'll say something bad about this other person so they can watch them fight about mm. something that is manufactured, but nobody knows it's manufactured. So then they become like the puppet master controlling the strings. And that is the kind of the ultimate sense of relief from the anxiety because now I really feel like I'm in control. Everybody's kind of following my script, right? Hmm. And and we see this sometimes in, in family situations where, you know, they can have fights about what dinnerware are we going to use for the dinner? What tablecloth are we going to have? What's the, what is, what's going to be the color scheme? Like it can be really silly things like that or it can be really big things like many years ago you did this to me and you broke the family. Mm. You know, uh, right. it can be like very like major issues, right? So 
so the first thing is to see if you can get a perspective of what that person is actually bringing into that environment, what they're bringing into the mix. Because here's something that that happens if you uh, like stoop to the level then of getting into their stuff like they're getting into your stuff, you're inviting that negative energy to just multiply. And then it invariably will. And I know there are lots of people who, when they get together with a family, they know it's going to end in a fight. They know somebody's going to be storming out mad and just leaving and saying, I'm never going to see you guys again. Or, you know, they, they know it's going to escalate. And when you escalate a conflict, it indicates that you've lost the uh, hope that it could be resolved. And that escalation can take you either into indifference or manifesting reactions and, and responses. So it, and it can get very unmanageable then. So that's the first thing. And the, the second thing is to not take personally what they're doing, realizing that as you've, as you've understood their perspective, and maybe you've even seen where, yeah, they really have to protect themselves in this family environment because if they don't, they're going to get chopped up. So mm -hmm. then you can see why they would try to hold everybody at a distance so they could protect themselves. So then realize that in order to do that, they're going to be projecting all of their angst out on the family. And, and so to not take that personally, because in, in projecting their angst, then they want to get other people all riled up, right? And that's the, for many people, that's the only environment that they're really comfortable in is when everybody is, when there's chaos and everybody is just, you know, um, at each other's throat. And they're, they're used to that. They're comfortable in that environment because it's what they're used to. So uh, then to not take those things personally and realize this is that this is their issue. I know they're pointing at me, but it's their issue. This has nothing to do with me. And if, so then if you can disconnect from the emotional reaction of that and, and just step away, and what that does is it it forces the it, it's like it's like it bounces back then. Their projection bounces back to them. And then they have to decide they're going to do one of two things. They're either going to project it somewhere else. They're going to deflect it now somewhere else onto somebody else or a different situation or whatever, or they're going to have to deal with it themselves. But if people are good at projecting and they're good at creating chaos, um, they're almost never called to account for what they're doing. And so it's a strategy that works for them and that's why they do it. They used to have this show, maybe, maybe it's still around, called Intervention where uh, the family and friends and stuff would, they, they knew there was a person who had a drug problem or there was something very significant and they would uh, stage an intervention where they would bring this person into the, the setting without them knowing what they were going to be facing. And now everybody who cares about them is around them saying, we see this thing is going off the rails, right? And sometimes that can happen if you, if everybody in the in the setting is not taking it personally. If they're if they don't accept the projection, it actually creates the environment then for that person to have to face their own stuff, and you know potentially deal with it. Maybe lots of times people won't. They won't face it. They won't deal with it. And that's usually when they storm off. And you know I'm leaving this. Nobody cares about me. Blah blah. All of that story, right? And try to trying to stimulate the guilt of people responding saying no no we care and you know okay what is it that you need and then <laughs> now you start going on their agenda right i think it's also important to ask yourself if it's possible that you are the source of conflict or drama are you the person that is trying to manipulate or feeling insecure and, and using tactics that if you reflected on them you wouldn't be quite proud of a good way to know this is to pay attention to the people around you. 
are people sort of acquiescing to you? Are they tiptoeing around you? Are you the center of the conflict? Because if you are, you have a golden opportunity this season to observe yourself in those situations and then reflect on your observations. Are you using passive aggressive behavior to get your way? Do you make others feel guilty if they don't meet your expectations? Are you striving for perfection, like getting the table setting just right or buying the perfect gift no matter the cost, rather than being present and enjoying the company of the people you love? If, as I'm speaking, you're either feeling huge resistance, like, no, I'm not the problem, it's so-and-so, or, oh my goodness, maybe it is me, then this is your sign to reflect on it a little more. Typically, resistance or defensiveness are pretty reliable indicators that something needs to be addressed. If you find yourself pretty open to exploring, if you might be creating undue stress or conflict, it's probably not you. If you're not the source of the drama, however, how do you diffuse the discomfort or the conflict caused by others during the holidays? Well, hang tight. We've got more creative ideas coming up that you can easily implement this holiday season. I would encourage you to do some experiments around mm. Christmas. Okay, so we're having our usual family gathering. It's uh, the 24th or whatever day. So tonight, I am not going to take control. Or tonight, I'm not going to take things personally. Or uh, I'm just going to try something different. You know, this we've talked about this before, the patterns that we have, that we establish in relationships. And we do that for our own sanity, right? And we need to know, okay, this person, this is how I how I interact with them. But if you want something different, just break the pattern. So to decide, I'm just going to break the pattern this Christmas. Instead of uh, coming in with my defenses up, which is what I usually do, I'm going to come up with my defenses down and let's see what happens. You say, well, I might get really hurt or, you know, somebody might take advantage of me. Okay. That's okay. That would be an outcome that you could look at and say, why was that? Why did that trigger me? Uh, whatever reactions it triggered in you, why was that? And is that the only reaction I can have? Maybe I can have a different yes. kind of reaction. And uh, just experiment with some things, try different things, or even if it's not even family gatherings, let's say it's the office party and you go like, I hate these things, but I have to show up. Well, go there with the attitude, I'm going to actually invest myself in someone else at this party and I'm going to see if I can make their Christmas season a bit happier or a bit more joyful or whatever, you know? So take the weight of yourself out of the equation and say, I'm just going to yes. be there to benefit somebody else. And that was a powerful turning point for me in family and social situations was when I made that shift, when I directed the focus away from how is everyone making me feel? Do I feel safe? Do I feel accepted? Do I feel like I'm okay being me? And instead of doing that, I assumed I decided to approach it from a perspective of I assume that I'm good. I assume that all is well. Everybody is okay with me. I'm fine. What can I give? How can I change the experience for somebody else? How can I step in and make it better for them or show them love or be kind? And when that shift happened in my mind from focusing on myself to focusing on others, it was so powerful in creating a totally different experience for me. So even if you can experiment, like you said, in small ways with that approach, how can I make this moment not about me and about somebody else? Whether you think it's fair or not, whether you think I deserve for it to be about me, 
you could be right, you could be wrong, but it doesn't really matter because your your sense of well-being and happiness will actually come from creating safe spaces and loving spaces and kindness for other people. I speak from experience. I have come so far. I've come so far and I'm really proud of myself because I used to be the classic manipulator with passive aggressive and overt tactics to try and get certain responses. And I feel so much freer and so much more comfortable in my own skin without holding on to all those, without needing to control how people perceive and respond to me. But the other day I fell off the wagon as you know, I was I was speaking at your class and I've told my husband many times when I'm speaking at your class and he's always checked out like he's got his own life to live. He, he has no he doesn't remember when I was going to do it or whatever. So I sent him a text afterwards because he had sent me a text about his own life. And so I was like, of course, he forgot. So I sent him a text that said, you know, oh, the talk went great. And then in all caps, thanks for asking. <laughs> which, which of course prompted a phone call from him right like oh yeah like how did that go <laughs> and I was like well it's a bit late now and he's trying to appease right and and I said you know what it's okay all I really wanted was for you to feel guilty for a minute and normally I would never ever 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 have owned what what my motives were I would have just played that to the nth degree, right? Days, weeks, whatever. I brought it up months later. Oh, well, you always forget that I have blah, blah, right? But in that moment, I decided I used a different tactic, which I've begun to use more frequently, and that is calling myself on my own BS in the moment. It's like an instant diffuser of conflict and stress. Yes. Yes. And the other person feels safe suddenly. They're like, oh, this was going so dark so fast, and now, boom, we're laughing right? Just do things like that. Call yourself on your own BS in the moment when it's happening. And although I would I would say you could do that with other people, you could maybe call them on their own BS, I would suggest no. <laughs> right. Well, anytime. I mean, you can indicate to them, I, I, I understand what you're doing and I'm not going to let that, that, let that slide. I have a boundary. I, I'm not going to let you cross that boundary. But you can't, it doesn't matter how much you call them on their own stuff until they're ready to deal with it, they won't. That's right. So, right. You, and you can't force that agenda. You can't, you can bring to their attention, you know, and sometimes, sometimes people need to have it, to, it brought to their attention several times before they realize, yeah, actually, actually, I, I am like that. Yeah. So I, I'd, I'd like to switch gears for a second, if sure. if you don't mind. And I want to talk about making memories at uh, Christmas time and realizing it is a season of giving, um, mm-hmm. typically. You know, that's it's kind of been the focus of of the Christmas season. But it can be so easy to lose the the view of what this season means in terms of human interactions and relationships and make it about stuff. And uh, I'm always reminded of that uh, that saying, you know, people will forget what you say and they will forget what you do, but they will never forget how you made them feel. My encouragement is that uh, if you are, if, if you're determined that you're going to do whatever you can to make this Christmas season, that, that's holiday season, a, a wonderful one for as many people as possible, um, then if if gift exchanging is part of what you do during this season, uh, I'm going to really encourage you that as you're unwrapping your gift to make that moment uh, something that you're going to remember how you felt in that moment. Because three years, four years from now, you may not remember what you got, 
but you will right. remember what was the setting. Oh, we had such a great Christmas that back there mm-hmm. in, in 2023. Remember Christmas of 2023? It was really something else, right? Mm-hmm. That's what you will remember if you can build those kinds of memories instead of making it about stuff. And just realize, even as you're unwrapping your gift or as you're watching someone else unwrap a gift from you to them, uh, to to really be in that moment and, yes. and say, it's not about what I'm giving. It's about the fact that I thought about you. Uh, mm-hmm. I thought, you know, I did this. I didn't do this thoughtlessly. Uh, I, I did it thoughtfully. And even, you know, if you wrap your gifts, even the way I wrapped it, I thought, you know, you would appreciate this color. You would appreciate that. And realize these are things that are meaningful to the individual if you take the time to focus in the moment. You know, I've been in situations where it wasn't really that way in our house growing up. But, you know, I've been in situations where the kids are getting their gifts and they're just tearing into them and they're flinging stuff all over the place. And, and, uh, you know, they don't even know who gave them what. Uh, they just have to get to the package, you know, and uh, and then it's like it's like this huge adrenaline rush, and then you're just left exhausted at the end. You'd feel like, uh, you know, okay, now it's over. Now what, you know? Um, and uh, so to be mindful of what's happening, and you know, with kids, I mean, kids are probably not going to be very mindful. They're they're going to be you know very focused on it's, it's gift time, and I'm going to be getting my gifts, mm-hmm. and that's okay. But then to enjoy that excitement observe that that these kids have about this kind of time of year and and just let those memories soak in because those are the things you will remember later on it's not what you got it's how all of that unfolded right and the feeling that you have in that situation yeah and and a lot of it as well are, are the traditions the things that you do every year that are sacred to your family or that are precious memories you create the traditions are so amazing, right? And you look forward to them every year. Just enjoy those traditions, immerse yourself in them fully. Even prioritizing that over the gift giving can be magic. But about gift giving, I wanted to say um, in our household growing up, mom made it a tradition that we we just went slowly, like each person opened a present and everybody was present while that person was opening a present. And and then we went on to the next person. We really, really, really took our time, like a Christmas Eve, long-winded affair, which I loved, you know, fire crackling. And all the attention is on you when you're opening your present. All the attention is on the person when they're opening your present. So you really get to share those moments with each other. And I think it was an amazing way to approach gift giving. Yeah, I loved that too. And I actually haven't seen it since then. I, I see the handout of the presents. Okay, and then now everybody has their stack of presents. I don't you know? like that. <laughs> no, I don't because- like that. <laughs> <laughs> because two, two things happen, right? You open your own gifts and you're just in your own little uh, reaction that you're having. And, and so the person who gave you the gift doesn't even see your reaction. And also then you're comparing how big, how many do I have and how many does everybody else have, right? How popular am I here? You know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But I love that too. When, when we would do that, we would take the time. And I we would do also around Christmas, um, 
and and especially around Thanksgiving, you remember we would sit around the table at those events and we would mm. uh, spend the time to say to each person at the table what I'm thankful for about you or what yes. I'm grateful for about you or or what you bring to my life. And th- those were really meaningful times too because you had to you had to dig deep and you had to say things. Yeah, you did. In the course of life d- going by, you think them, but mm-hmm. you don't necessarily say them, right? Yeah. And, uh, and so to 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 sit and have that reflection time and say, this is what I really appreciate about you. And more than that, even looking in the other person's eyes to say those things. You know, um, I, I, I often uh, talk about when we're giving recognition to somebody, and let's say it's in a group and we're giving recognition to that person, we talk about them as if they're not there. You know, like, mm. it, so we're in a group and say, you know, one thing I really appreciate about Janelle is that she's, you know, she's <laughs> always there and she's, you know, and, and there you're sitting right there. If you, yeah. if you turn to that person and you say, you look them in the eye and you say, this is what I really appreciate about you. It's a completely different dynamic. And, and the, the feeling of those words going straight to the heart, if I'm the recipient of that message, the, the, the feeling of that going straight to my heart is it, it cannot be duplicated by speaking to the group and saying, you know, something really appreciated about Ron is this and this. When you look me in the eye and say, thank you for doing that, or this, this is how you've impacted my life, that's, that's major. Yeah. The looking in the eye would... Uh throw me a little bit. I had I had an interaction yesterday actually with somebody who was like eye contact from the very first moment I met them. <laughs> and I was a little like, that's a lot. <laughs> but also I think that tradition of sitting around a table and sharing the things that you're thankful for should not be exclusive to Thanksgiving. I mean, it's no. a great Christmas tradition if you want to incorporate it. And it's a great right. daily tradition if you want to incorporate it. It's up to you how much of that you want to do. But I think sharing that with each other can be very impactful. So let's switch gears one more time and give sure. um, give some people some ideas about some holiday traditions that encourage connection. Things like volunteering, for example. You know, like a lot of people have a tradition that serves the homeless or serves their community somehow, or they connect with people who have less than they have. And it doesn't matter how big of a a show you make of that. In fact, it's really not about the show you're making. It's just about how do you get yourself into a a mode of giving without expectation? You're not giving because your son expects you to buy him a PlayStation or an Xbox. You're giving because it's coming from the heart. How are you impacting the people that live in your community or the people in your family with thoughtful and, you know, conscientious gift giving or experiences? Like, making handmade gifts, for example. I mean, a lot of people joke about that. I don't want somebody's handmade gift. (laughs) And one year I did try, I did try that in our family. I was like, why don't this year, none of us spend money and we all just make something for each other. Guess how well that went over. (laughs) Do you want a drawing of a stick figure? Because that's what you're getting. (laughs) So did you get an earful at that grateful time around the table? (laughs) I can't believe you gave me a handmade gift this year. It's tricky because, um, like for some people, for Kevin, my husband, his one of his love languages is receiving gifts. Of course, I don't understand that love language because it's not mine at all. And it can be confusing for someone who doesn't care about receiving gifts. It almost seems like the other person is greedy or they're materialistic or whatever. But it's not. It's just 
for some reason, it's just their love language and you got to respect it and honor it. And so when I said, I'll make you handmade gifts, he was like, I mean, he's a 50 year old guy with a Christmas list, like like the the kind you're going to give Santa, right? I want this and I want this and I want this. <laughs> so that wasn't that wasn't his cup of tea. <laughs> so I would suggest, you know, know the audience, uh, read the room, <laughs> see if that's, yeah. that's actually going to be good. That could open up a whole new, uh, you know, because, because you, some people who have a Christmas list like that, if you don't get everything on the list, like kids are like that, if you don't get everything on the list, yeah. all of a sudden there's this disappointment rather yeah. than, than uh, you know, gratitude for what they did get. They're disappointed yeah. for what they didn't get. Uh, which yeah. is a very human thing. Like yeah. people so often, they think about, talk about, and focus on what they don't have or what they don't want rather than what they have or what they want, right? Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and it makes it makes life disappointing over and over and over again. I would like to plead a case for those who have a Christmas wish list that is all like super expensive items. Have a little <laughs> mercy. Like not everybody wants to buy you a $500 gift. You know, throw in a couple ones that are like a book for $35. Be kind. Book. I like that idea. I like yeah, that you idea. like that idea, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, of course you do. <laughs> uh, but when you were, we're talking about uh, Christmas traditions and things that you can do, I, I know there are a number of families who, uh, you know, they, they will deliver uh, Christmas uh, boxes, you know, when they deliver food to families mm. that don't have enough or uh, Christmas toys or something like that for, for, you know, there's a household where the kids don't have enough. And interesting that, I, you know, I have to full disclosure here because I came home the other day and Marie said to me, would you like to, would you like to volunteer going door to door to get uh, peop- things that people want to donate to families that are underprivileged? And I said, no, I'm not interested in that. And she said, well, how about volunteering at the, at the center where they put stuff together, you know, for, for boxes that they're going to deliver to families? I said, I'm not interested in that either. And, <laughs> and uh, you know, like I started thinking about it, you're, you're actually making me think about it because it's a, it's a really wonderful tradition. You know, some families go to the, to the, where they feed uh, homeless people and they're, they're giving them Christmas dinner and they volunteer there to, you know, to and and try to connect not necessarily connect with the people but give them this sense of you know we care about you like you're not yeah. you're not alone yeah. right um and so my reaction i my reaction was right off the top and as i thought about it it sort of surprised me but you know what you know for me what it is is that if i go door to door um i need to be speaking french with these people and I'm just mm-hmm. not comfortable enough to start up a conversation. I can get into a conversation uh, and I can I can carry it, but to start up a conversation, yeah, we're here, we're collecting toys, you know, and and same thing, you know, working with a bunch of volunteers, everybody's going to be speaking French, you know, and mm-hmm. I and I feel that like, you know, well, I I wish I didn't, but I do. So that's a that that's a, an interesting thing for me to look at. Uh, for this season, I think I might go back to Marie's and tell her, listen, let's volunteer. I'm, I'm going to do it. Let's do it. I, I think it would be a good experience. I think it's very observant of you to say that because it's out of your comfort zone. Right. But I also think it's out of your comfort zone because like you're an introvert. And so social interactions are draining a little bit sometimes for you, especially if yeah. there's a large group of people. And then if you add the language dynamic in there, boy. And so that's good that you brought it up because there's introverts out there that are thinking, you know, Christmas get-togethers and and big 
you know, groups of people is not my idea of a good time. And that's okay. That's okay. I know you have a strategy. You, if it's okay for me to say it, like you'll you'll leave a room of very noisy, busy people. And it's not because they're too noisy and busy and you're annoyed with them. But you need time to decompress. You need time to reboot. Right. You need time, like a, a little break away from all of the activity and noise. And that is okay. And as an introvert, you have every right to do that. And if you need to do it, you should do it because it means you're going to be more present and available in the moments that you are there, you know, in the middle of a group. So I'm glad you brought that up because you're not the only introvert that's experiencing Christmas. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And you're right. I do use that as a strategy. And uh, it's interesting because it, um, it depends on how much presence you have in that group, how long it takes them to realize that you're not there. <laughs> yeah. And, and uh, so, so you have to be, you have to be strategic about it, but yeah, but even sometimes if it really is a, a, a really strong need, uh, you know, they, if that group, you just let them know, Hey, every, every once in a while, I just have to step away. It's just a little bit too much. Uh, yeah. Not even, not even that it's too much. I just need, I just need some breathing room. I need to step outside. Mm -hmm. I need to, you know, go for a little walk. Quiet. Or, yeah, yeah. I just need, yeah, I just need a bit of a break. And that's, that's legit. If you stay in spite of what you're feeling, you're going to get frustrated and maybe even angry, you know, that you're yeah. stuck here, right? So don't, don't yeah. let yourself be stuck. And if you need to explain to somebody, you know, your, your partner or somebody that knows you well and say, I just got to slip out for, for a little bit so that they can make excuses, their excuses for you or your excuses for you. If people notice that you're gone, um, you know, that might be a good thing to do too. So we're coming to the end of the, our first year of podcasting. So I know we haven't been doing it for a year, but we're ending our first calendar year of podcasting. And, and I've, I've so enjoyed this. You know, we've talked to, to so many interesting people and had wonderful discussions. Lots of good things have happened uh, as a result of this, of this podcast. And I feel happy every time we're getting ready to record and, you know, we're going to do another episode. I'm so happy that it's there, that it's coming out and let whoever wants to benefit from it benefit from it but i think you and i are getting the most benefit of anybody yeah we are because yeah we because are we're, <laughs> it's it's really done some amazing things in the months that we've been doing it so yeah. I, i'm so glad we're doing this together and uh me too and it's i think that makes it unique uh who would have ever thought that you and i would be doing this if we look back right? 20 years ago it would have been like i wow. know <laughs> <laughs> so all the very best of the holiday season to everyone who's listening and uh, from our heart to yours hope that uh, you're, the, the, this holiday season is one of the best you've ever experienced we're taking a break through the holidays to focus on family and festivities but we'll be back January 11th to address all those New Year's resolutions you just know you're going to make you know the ones when you feel inspired or obligated even after weeks of indulgence and play. In the meantime, enjoy the holidays. Say no to unnecessary stress and pressure and just sink right into those beautiful moments you get to spend with the people you love. If you're alone this holiday season or you're feeling lonely or isolated, please know that you're never truly alone. Sometimes you do have to reach out to new people and create your own tribe to find that sense of belonging you crave. No matter what, though, we're here for you, and we're excited to share the season energetically with you, spiritually with you. Have the merriest, merriest Christmas. What did you think of this episode? 
head over to the private Change Evolutionist community chat to join the conversation. Find the link in the show notes. We're excited to announce that you can find the Human Being Project on Wisdom, a social media app that promotes authentic connections and meaningful conversations with real people. This is great news for you because it gives you an opportunity to ask a question anonymously and get a voice reply from one of us. Just go to wisdom.app forward slash human being project forward slash ask. Type your question and click send. Never miss an episode. Get notification to your inbox when a new episode is released. Download to your device or listen wherever you get your podcasts. To get notifications, go to thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash subscribe. Ron Thiessen is a practicing psychologist and educator. To apply as a guest on the podcast, please visit thechangeevolutionist.com forward slash podcast guest.